Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Shannon and Megan. This season of the Wicked Good Momcast is brought to you by our partners at Rockland Trust, a local bank dedicated to providing advice and support through every stage of life or business. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a branch to learn more. Welcome back to season three of the Wicked Good Momcast. Here at Boston Moms, we're always doing what we can to support our favorite local female entrepreneurs, and we want to introduce all of them to you. Season three of the podcast will be packed with stories from women and moms who are supporting their families and making their own dreams come true through owning and operating their businesses. We promise you do not want to miss any of the episodes from season three, Wicked Good Entrepreneurs. Our first guest in the series is local author Colleen Temple. Colleen released her debut novel, Summer Breakdown, in 2022. She is a writer, former essays editor at a popular parenting website, and the editor of This Is Motherhood. She lives north of Boston with her husband and their three lively, creative, and hilarious children. Colleen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. We're so happy to have you, especially to kick off this season. Um, Mm -hmm. Your story is one that um, is incredibly inspirational, but my first question for you is, did you always have aspirations to be a published writer? I did. Well, published, maybe not, but a writer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sure. for sure. Um, I wrote a lot when I was little, like poems, like songs mm-hmm. that I think I still have in like journals. And um, That's the best. Yeah. Just, oh, I was always writing or journaling. I, I don't know why, but I don't think I ever realized it could actually be a job you could have. Um, So I never, I didn't study that in college. I went into college. I studied communications and figured I'd go into marketing or, you know. um, So yeah, I really always wanted to write. I've I've always said, I want to write a book. I want to write a book ever since I was little. And yeah. And there you are. (laughs) And what did that road look like for you? Um, The road to becoming a published writer? Yeah, it was jumbled for sure. Um, I, like I said, went to college for, I went to Merrimack um, for communications. And after college, I, um, I volunteered for a year. I taught in Chicago. And then after that, I went into marketing. And during that time, I started a blog and I wrote about like the Boston area. I worked in Cambridge and that sort of thing. And then, um, then I went back and got my master's in early childhood education jumping around. And then uh, I, um, once I started having kids, I kind of transferred my blog into more of writing about motherhood and family life. And, um, then, uh, my good friend who I grew up with started the website motherly and I was one of their first employees and I, um, started writing essays for them. So I kind of left my blog, um, and started writing for them. And then I was the essays editor there for a long time. And, um, but all the while, like uh, then I, all the while I, I knew I want. I've started and stopped many books <laughs> along the way, um, and then one idea just stuck, and I, I bit by bit just worked on it, and and it took me three years to write, and 
and fully edit um, Summer Breakdown. But okay, I was wondering how long it took. That was one of my yeah, questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it took a long time because I had no idea of how to actually structurally write a novel. So my first draft was like 140,000 words and it basically read like one long journal entry. <laughs> like yeah. it really needed a lot of work and, and that's fine. But that book is how I really learned um, how to structure a story um, in terms of writing a novel. Um, so, and, and also it took a long time, I guess, because I started when I had a, a five-year-old, three-year-old and newborn. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> a little bit it. of yeah. why it took so long. <laughs> um, yeah. But I learned so much throughout the whole process. So now this, that I just finished my second book, um, just the oh, first awesome. draft, but yeah, but it, it took not as long, obviously yeah. it took, uh, I think like seven months, I think to write this first draft. So for your first one, I wanted to ask this too. Um, did you work with anyone? Like, did, was anyone coaching you, like helping you, or you were just kind of figuring out how to write this book on your same own? Question. Yeah. Yeah. So actually Grub Street and Boston is a phenomenal resource for writers, um, and even taking a course there, I felt like, am I like allowed to do this? Like, am I, I'm not a writer. Like, like can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Even just taking a course to learn right. how to do it. Um, but I did, I took um, a novel writing course that was nine months and it was a little wild because I had five, three and one year olds and it was in Boston. My husband worked in Boston and I, we lived in Lawrence at the time and I w- was mostly a stay at home mother, but I did still work for motherly. But anyway, um, long story yeah. short is <laughs> we do um, it all. <laughs> I would, yeah. yeah, my daughter had dance on the night of this class. So I would make my children dinner, bring her to dance. We'd have to wait there. They'd eat dinner on the way into Boston in the car. Um, I'd meet up with my husband. I'd go into class. He'd take them home. He would take the train in in the morning and then he'd take, no, no, no. We'd switch cars. Sorry. And then he'd drive the kids back. So it's just like all this ridiculousness, but for me to take this course to learn how to write a novel. And, um, I'm glad I did because I learned so much. That's that whole nine months is, is when I wrote my first draft of, um, summer breakdown. And then I just edited it for so long. (laughs) <laughs> this might be my favorite like piece from this entire interview, honestly, because what you were explaining is something that I think so many women are afraid to do for themselves. Like, obviously, there was a lot of sacrifice included in all of that, like a lot of pre-planning. It was certainly doesn't sound easy at all. And I'm sure that it felt incredibly heavy as you were going through it. But it was important enough that you and your family sort of like, you know, molded around to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I think for, for many women, probably a lot of women who are listening and something that I've tried to preach myself is like, you can make room for that, for something that is important for you and your career and your dream. Yeah. Um, your family can make, um, or we can make arrangements to make it work. So I love that. And I want to yeah, lead into my, I'm sorry. I know you're, about, no. I know you're about to ask a yeah. question, but <laughs> I wanted to say, I think, you know, you said um, like we did all this ridiculousness, but I think that's what, commitment looks like in motherhood it is juggling everything I mean Mm -hmm. just because we have a dream or a desire doesn't mean the rest of our lives stop it means we do exactly like what you just described like a juggling act so totally and I think if like my husband Colin was like 
you know, not as enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I'm just the type of yeah. person that I think I'd be like, oh, no, not right now. It's just, you yeah. know, but he was very enthusiastic and encouraging me along to do it and and on board with this whole like wild plan. So, yeah, yeah, we all need a cheerleader for sure. And when it's your yeah. partner who's going to be in on it with you, I think it makes all the difference. Yeah. But I wonder, um, one of the things I always find myself thinking about in entrepreneurship and in motherhood and life as a woman in general, I always want to know how she's doing it. Like, <laughs> like I feel like we all want to know, like, what are the behind the scenes? How is she possibly juggling this all? So I would love to know how you strike a balance between making your own dreams come true, like what you're talking about and raising and supporting your family. Yeah. Well, I certainly there's there's no such thing as balance in like yes. my life or or this process. Um, yeah. But I think at some point along the way, I just crawled my way to the top and was able to breathe again within mm-hmm. motherhood. And mm-hmm. I simply decided I needed to care about myself. Um, like I could start crying talking about yeah. it, but yeah. um, I think for like a long stretch of time and raising, I had three kids really closely um, and like one after the other. And you just inevitably, or I did totally lost myself and all of that. And I worked for a website where I was writing about motherhood all the time. And I was reading stories. I I was just completely surrounded by it all. And um, I was just, yeah, I was just buried. And um, at one point in time, I'm, I just, decided, okay, it, it's now or never. Like, I want to write a book. I want to do this. And I I decided, I think you have to actively decide to believe in yourself and your dreams and give yourself permission to be like, it's this isn't nonsense. It's not just, even it's not just a hobby to me, like writing for fun. Like, I want to take this seriously and I want to take this to the next level. I want to people to buy my book. I want to write a book that people are going to buy that I can make money off of, Um, you know, so I think I decided to care enough to make it happen. So when they were really little, that looked like spending Sundays at Starbucks or a coffee shop away from my family while they did something fun together. But so I could have like a six, five or six hour chunk of time to actually write Um, Mm -hmm. or staying up really late which was more, I did that more than wake up really early because I'm just a night owl. But uh, I made a little nook inside the tiniest closet in my bedroom where I shoved a little desk so I could, while my kids who inevitably ended up in my bed were still sleeping in the early hours of, of the morning when I did wake up early, I could go in that little closet with my phone light and type in there oh and gosh. like things like that. But now my kids are a little bit older. Um, My third will be in kindergarten in the fall. So she's still on like preschool hours now. But I do have more time to to dedicate to um, quiet writing time because it is hard for me to write when my kids are around. I I have to imagine, too, especially with something like this, where you probably get a fair amount of or you maybe not. I imagine you got a fair amount of people believing that this was more of a hobby Mm -hmm. or like something to try versus something that you we're going to be successful at that you like sort of set your mind to that. So I think uh, one of the things that you mentioned was just like that you wanted to be successful at this, that you wanted to make money off of this. This was not just something you were doing on the side for fun. This was something that 
mattered a lot to you and your personhood, but also was something that was going to positively affect your family too, should you Mm -hmm. be given the time and space to do it. So I think that's really important too, that sometimes when we call out, we speak it into the world, this is not a, this is not fluff for me. This is the real deal. Um, Believing it and being able to speak to that when people question you, I think is huge too. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's still something I struggle with a little bit, to be honest, but um, the business side of things is something that doesn't come as naturally to me, but is something I'm, you know, determined to keep at and like invest in and figure out. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I was telling Colleen before we started this interview, I have her book right here. Um, I finished it Monday and I was telling her I just devoured it. I mean, like two to three days and it only took me that long because I had kid interruptions. I was like, you, you need a snack now? Like, <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I, love um, I, I honestly have never, I read a lot. I've never related more to a character than I did to Sabrina, who is kind of the hero of the story. And uh, if you haven't read it, you need to go out and buy it right now. I've already requested it at my library. My library oh, didn't have it. And I've oh, for it. That's, that's a huge way to help indie authors, honestly, is requesting oh, it at your library. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. Um, hmm. But I just feel like this is a must read for moms, especially the mom who maybe is not feeling seen. Um, but I will say that the the inner dialogue and the thoughts that this character have you could have been reading from like my mind, my journal, um, thoughts about children, about um, marriage, about spanks, um, about our bodies, <laughs> like all of it. I was just relating over and over and over um, the family trauma, like all of it. It was just so great. Such a wonderful, powerful, inspiring story. And so I wanted to ask you something that I kept wondering the whole time I was reading it is where did this idea come from? Yeah. Well, thank you for that very much. Um, I really wanted, I knew I wanted to do a family drama of sorts. Um, I'm from a very close family. I'm one of five. I'm very close with my siblings and my parents, but there's always a lot of drama. So I knew that's like where I could pull feelings from at least like it's not based on my siblings or parents, but like I need, I I knew I could channel a lot through, Mm -hmm. through that. Um, but then I knew I wanted to write something. I wanted the, to paint the picture of what motherhood looks like for, or for, look, looks like for me and a lot of people I know. I'm not everyone certainly, but, um, you know, what modern motherhood looks like for a chunk of, of people. And, um, and then I just, I, 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 so Seaside is a fictional town, but it's, um, loosely based on like the North Shore, Mm -hmm. specifically like Newburyport, but like drew inspiration from, um, but also Babylon, where I'm from on Long Island. I kind of like made up this little world of a few beach towns that mean a lot to me. Um, So I knew it wasn't, it actually wasn't a going home, going back home story at first, but I changed that along the way because it felt more transformative um, Mm -hmm. in Sabrina's journey but um yeah I think I think I just at the heart of it knew I wanted to write about a character who while is not me um is is a lot of mothers um someone Mm -hmm. who's just like I was saying before like I wrote this during this period of time where I was 
buried very deeply under all things motherhood and raising children and postpartum. And um, I, I wanted to show the hero being this mother who finds herself and chooses herself and um, is learning how to parent herself while she's parenting young children and figuring out how to be married to someone while raising young kids and being parents with this person and these phases of life that, you know, there's a lot of heaviness throughout and seeing your parents as, as a parent yourself, as an adult human, who's now a parent, seeing your parents as these imperfect humans who were trying their best with what they have as they raised you. And then you're now kind of like equals as, as adults with them. And it's just seeing them in a whole new light. And this is a very rambling, rambling question, but um, all these little bits of adulthood that, that can feel really heavy. um, I really wanted to explore those further. And, you know, when I was reading and relating so much to Sabrina's thoughts, what hit me was how important other mothers are because that's a universal language. The thoughts that she was having, Mm. I'm not the only mom who was sitting there thinking, oh, me too. Um, You don't have to explain, like, you know, in, in the book, she's trying to explain to, like, her parents or her husband sometimes, like, what she needs or what she's feeling and she feels like she's going to explode sometimes. Um, And I feel like you don't have to necessarily explain all of that to another mom because we get it. We all speak Uh the same language. Um, So I really, really appreciated just what you did with that character. It was beautiful. Thank you. I love how you said that. Yeah. Yeah. The collective experience of motherhood, um, I think is, is sort of what you're drawing on Shannon. We're like, you know, you can only understand that if you're a mom too. Um, and sometimes hearing somebody verbalize that is really the most powerful thing. Well, thank now, you. I, I, th- <laughs> I think that no matter where you're from or what, what your motherhood looks like for you, like there are a lot of thoughts and feelings she has that, like you're saying, I, I do think m- a lot of mothers do have. Um, so that, yeah, that's very nice to hear. Thank you. So we know that you have another book in the works. Um, is this, can you give us any info on that? Like, is this a a similar type of story or are you going in a different direction? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's more of a, I'm, I'm calling it thriller right now because that's what it does feel like. Yeah. Um, it's suspenseful. Um, this is the beauty of being self-published. I think at this moment in time Mm -hmm. for me is that, um, I wrote a pretty traditional, like finding yourself story of motherhood and um, marriage and women's fiction. Like I wrote that and now I want to write a thriller. So I did and, uh, and I can. Um, So I, this is about um, a woman who some, a little older than Sabrina. Um, Her name is Ivy Rhodes and she's a cult survivor. She's a, she's married, has one child. And so they're, there's definitely marriage and motherhood stuff. And I kind of feel like that will always be the case for me. Um, I say that and maybe not, but um, it's hard to, to not have that in my characters, I think. But um, so she's a cult survivor. Um, They lived in San Francisco. They've just recently moved to Vermont. It takes place in September in the fall. And um, 
she thinks she's escaped from all the cult stuff, but <laughs> we shall see if she has. Um, yeah, so I'm just, uh, I'm working through a lot of, s- the first draft is encouragingly a lot better than the first draft of summer breakdown so i don't think i'm gonna have to edit this for three years but (laughs) knock on wood (laughs) but yes so that is um i'm actually like midway through reading it and making my first edits and when i'm done with my first read a few of my first readers are gonna read it and um while they're reading it i'm i'm like very eager to start my next book um which is a (laughs) So talk about changing genres. It's a romantic comedy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, it might not be the best love marketing plan yeah. <laughs> in the world, but um, I kind of have to write what's what I'm feeling. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, that is the that's the perk of being your own boss. Yeah, exactly. like, you know, yeah, you are the entrepreneur here. You get to decide. I make the where, calls. Where that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I wanted to ask you to um, what personal fears have you faced as you've pursued your goals? Like, have you had any negative voices in your head or doubts or just what does that part look like? Yes. lots. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we've already mentioned imposter syndrome, right? Uh So that is like the biggest thing that comes to mind is seriously, I was like, who am I to take this course at Grub Street, which I paid to take, like I was a student, like anyone can take classes there. Um, so that, and then um, really just like, who am I to even query agents and try and get an agent to then get a book deal? But not as much that as it was for self-publishing. Like I, I, I had to really like leap over that and just go for it because I was like, who am I to think anyone is going to care at all that I did this and pay money to buy my book and like what are people gonna think of me posting like promoting myself all the time on Instagram and that stuff like that um and that stuff kind of creeps back in a little bit sometimes but then most of the time I'm like I don't like who cares I'm just I'm just trying to spread the word about my book and my writing and I love sharing about other authors work as well and that's how you have to do it to, to get people to know about you. I don't have a publicist or um, an agent or anyone doing PR. Like I need to do it myself. So um, the in, the imposter syndrome stuff has gotten easier along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of stepping out of your comfort zone or or me <laughs> for this because I love to write and I love to be behind the computer quietly writing. And this is not even, you know, I've, this is my second podcast. I think. And, um, it's stuff like this. It's fun, but it doesn't feel like it comes as naturally to me. So, um, and I, and like a book reading, I, I did a book. I almost had like major panic attack before the book reading I did. It was not even like super big, but I, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Going to in-person events and just getting used to being like, I'm an author. Here's my book in person is different than like asking people to buy it online, I think. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's like very that can be very encouraging to other women who are listening, though, could because I think there is often a, probably a misconception that entrepreneurs are these like super like, you know, super outgoing, like want to be the face, want to be in front. They're the idea people. And like, mm-hmm. You don't have to be like that to be a successful entrepreneur to pursue your own dreams. So, right. 
Um, I think that's very encouraging. I'm wondering what other advice you have for any mom, no matter what her, her passion is, what she could, um, you know, advice for her pursuing her own goals. Yeah, I think um, it would be just to take a chance on yourself. Um, But that being said, like, I know there are times in your life where you, you can't take the chance you want. You can't like Mm -hmm. just start the business or just write the book or pay money to self-publish the book. Like there are realities involved. Um, But like, I guess my advice would be like during those times, try to listen to any podcast you could get your hands on or any talks you could go to or virtually zoom. There's so much out there that like when I couldn't, when I wasn't moving forward in the way like I wanted to, I was building up resources and building community with other writers on Instagram or TikTok. And there are small ways you can before, like there are going to be times where things are moving fast and you're taking big leaps. Like once I decided to self-publish, I had to like really move the train along. But Mm -hmm. up until that point, I was taking a lot of little steps and I didn't always like that. At at times I hated that because I just wanted to do it. I just wanted the book out there and to be done with the slow part. But um, it it's just that slow part and those little baby steps along the way are, are necessary. And to, I guess, have patience with yourself um, as that part is, is going on. Yeah. But then when it's time to leave, just flip and leap. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look back. Good advice. And how can our listeners best support you? Yeah, I um if you'd like to buy a copy of Summer uh-huh. Breakdown, I'll probably be <laughs> wherever you get your books. Um and bookshop.org is pretty cool because you could choose the bookstore you want to um support and then oh, buy it there. Cool. Yeah, which is cool. So, um it's available on there. Or request it at your library would yeah. be great. So <laughs> thank you. Um, or look for it on Libby that like those yeah. types of apps. Um, you can request it there. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, or to follow me on Instagram is probably the way I communicate like most frequently. Um, and I'm Call Temple there. C-O-L-L Temple. Um, I do have a newsletter, though. I. <laughs> Often forget to send it out, but <laughs> when I do, it's really good. So for that. <laughs> well, um, I don't know how helpful this is, but I left you a glowing review on Goodreads. Is oh, that that's helpful so too? helpful. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Amazon, yes. Goodreads, anywhere. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, <laughs> yes, reviews. If you've read the book, yeah, a review on Amazon or Goodreads is super helpful. It helps in some sort of algorithm of yeah getting your book <laughs> yeah. yeah in front know. of more people right exactly. yeah there's yeah. some magic sauce there yeah something well, whatever our, whatever our listeners can do i just like to sort of put in an extra little plug that you'd be supporting another local woman who is you know doing her own entrepreneurial journey so let's do whatever we can to support colleen and her dreams here we will definitely make sure that our listeners have access to your website and your social media and our show notes um well as we wrap up colleen at the end of every show through all of the Wicked Good Momcast episodes, we always ask all of our guests the exact same question. And that is, what are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston right now? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> where I am 
particularly um we're in Newburyport and like this time of year Newburyport really really comes alive and you could feel the energy shifting and um we moved here almost two years ago and the summer is just it's I know it's not summer yet it's barely spring it feels like out there but (laughs) um but yeah being we're very close to the beach and um Parker River Wildlife, uh, we go a lot. And so I think just being being home in the summer and spring is is what we're we're loving our new town and community here. And um yeah. That's awesome. I love it. No, my report. husband and I just went to Encore Boston the other night uh, for dinner. Oh, how um, was it? From it was great. That was our first time there. It's like one of those places we've said yeah. we need to go and yeah. try out since it opened um but it was so much fun and we had dinner at rare the steakhouse there it was mm-hmm. phenomenal oh, I, it felt very fancy and um different than my usual dinners at yeah. home. And, <laughs> um so that was a very fun experience we had oh that's really neat yeah no it wasn't with my family it was just with my husband on a yeah yeah yes, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, well, Colleen, thank you so much for making time to be here with us. This has truly been a joy. Yeah, Yeah, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. Next up, we are talking to a local career coach about career changes, job searches, returning to work after a career break, and plenty of other topics related specifically to careers and moms. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast now and share this series with your friends. Remember, you are a Wicked Good Mom. Boston Moms is grateful to this season's Wicked Good Momcast sponsor, Rockland Trust, a bank helping individuals and their families develop a healthy relationship with money at any age. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a local branch to learn more.